Hey everybody, welcome to Sports Frenzy 2.0. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I am the conquistador, Dave Height. Wow, we thought we had a busy week last week. It didn't get much easier for us this week. We have no. got NFL chaos, baseball chaos, rule changes. And we're going to break it down to have it all make sense for you. Because that's what we do. Let us start off with, I think, Baker Mayfield aside, will be the last vestiges of NFL roster moves until we get to the draft. You would think, but who knows the way things are still rolling. We thought everything was done last week, but the carryover into this week has just been insane. This has been the most fun of any NFL offseason prior to draft night. And of course, you and I talked about this a couple nights ago on our way to see Dirty Honey and Mammoth WVH. Check out the weekend edition for our review of that phenomenal show. But I digress. But we discussed the fact that, number one, it takes a master's degree to figure out how this cap works, the NFL cap works. Oh, my God, the salary cap is just insane. It, it's beyond quantum physics. And now, of course, we have to figure out what happened today with the Miami Dolphins shaking up the <laughs> AFC yet again for the 47th time in the last couple weeks. Yeah, that huge deal. Miami trades five picks for Tariq Hill, bringing him over from Kansas City. So this year for 2022, they give up a first, a second, and a fourth round picks. And next year, 2023, they give up a fourth and a sixth. I love having Hill coming over. But his speed and talent are wasted in Miami with Tua. Tua does not have the arm strength to get the ball downfield to utilize him to his full potential. Unless, by some means, they've got an amazing off-season workout regimen to build up his arm strength that I don't know about. Otherwise, I don't know. I know I made fun of your head coach last week, you know, and how he sounded. Dude! Like, yeah, he sounded like he was a reject from the Big Lebowski. <laughs> Supposedly, but, though, he is an offensive genius. We'll see. I just, I, I'm really, I'm glad Miami's going for it. I yeah. really am. They signed... are already pushing this whole Brian Flores thing into the background. They said, all right. Fine. Let's, let's show you what worse, we're going to do. Yeah, for better or worse, did we screw up? We'll figure that out later. Right now, we're going to blow the doors off of the NFL. Tanking? In, Who needs to tank? The fact that last week it was all running backs. This week it's receivers. Receivers. Offensive and, tackle. Yes. Teron Armstead they got huge, from New Orleans. Huge Holy signing. crap. That bolsters that line. My God. But like you said, does it really matter if your quarterback can't get the ball down the field? That's the one thing I worry the, about with them. I know you don't, you've got the deep threat receiver, but you don't have a deep pass quarterback. Right. 
unless they're going to run some confusing routes to try and open them up mid-range. That's the only thing I can figure. Yeah, we talked about this. Bringing in Cedric Wilson, he's a good slot guy. Waddle's a good possession receiver on the one side, but I don't see anybody worrying about Tyreek Hill because of the fact that Tua, Tua can't, can't throw get the it ball that far. And it would, when the news broke this morning, again, as we tape here on the 23rd, this will hit tomorrow morning, the 24th of March, the Jets and the Dolphins were the two teams. And Vying. the Jets, I'd heard the Jets offer had been accepted. And, and then Miami, Miami overbid. And overbid. Yep. Ugh. But But the thing that boggles my mind is I understand what? trying to get weapons for young quarterbacks. Hell, I would love to get a weapon for Justin Fields in Chicago. Tariq Hill would have made sense in Chicago because Fields, Fields can actually could throw, throw the, the ball. damn ball halfway down the field. No pun intended. But um, <laughs> but Fields has an arm. Tua I, I, does yeah, not. I hear Tua and Zach Wilson, and I think why you're gonna waste him on those two quarterbacks? Big. There time. are so many other teams out there. Indianapolis probably could have afforded him. Yeah, we even know Ryan the, can throw downfield. Even after the Matt Ryan signing, they probably still had enough room to bring in Tyreek Hill. And that would have put them, in my opinion, in contention. With the Bills. With the Bills. And the Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs now, I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs have been are hurt. back. Yes, this hurts the Chiefs. Now they're going to have to build again through the draft with all the picks they just got from the Dolphins. But with that division, the way yeah. it is. but Yeah, and the thing is, it's been shown. You take Tariq Hill away, Mahomes struggles. We talked about this once Mahomes signed his mega deal. You saw it in Green Bay when Rodgers signed his mega deal. You do Can't this. keep the big guns, which is why now Green Bay no longer has Devontae Adams. They couldn't afford to keep him, so they did the trade with the Raiders. This is why the draft is so important in NFL, because things like this happen. Now Green Bay, Kansas City are going to have to rebuild through the draft to keep their franchise quarterbacks happy. Yep, and then you've got the Falcons, who are just going to be the worst team yeah, of course, I jumped the gun on that, and Matt Ryan traded from the Falcons to the Colts for a, s- a third, a third, third round, round pick. pick. And who and- do they sign? Marcus frickin' Mariota. Yeah. How the hell is he still even around the NFL? He's abysmal. And, of course, the Matt Ryan trade going from the Falcons to the Colts resulted in the single biggest dead cap hit ever in history for the Falcons. Yeah. So the one team that somehow looks worse than the Bears is the Falcons right now in terms of dead cap money, stupid signings, lack of players. Yeah, they're, they're just abysmal. And then, as you mentioned at the top, with Baker Mayfield. Nobody wants Baker. 
because of the big trade. Deshaun Watson, of course, getting $230 million fully guaranteed. That is going to destroy the NFL. Because they're going to start treating contracts like baseball and basketball. Where it's got to be fully guaranteed now. The Browns are single-handedly destroying the salary cap and the contract structure that made the NFL so phenomenal. Being able to cut ties with people who are hurt or underperforming. And if they're hurt, you could always get an injury settlement. Right. But still, this is awful for sports. Awful for the NFL. And of course, they you should can be also, ashamed of You themselves. can also not only look at the money, you can look at the fact that nothing has been solved on the civil court front. No. When it comes to the 22 pending cases, he's still, yes, the criminal court part is off the table now. And that's why everybody started salivating like a bunch of rabid dogs the minute that news came out. Yeah. I'm. Mm. And then the Browns, and now we see Roger Goodell's little shrunken balls. Do they shrink up even further into his freaking abdomen? Or does he take the Browns to task for this obvious circumventing of the rules? Yep. First-year contract, $1 million. Yeah, so, oh, we can only, if he's suspended, it can only hit him at most a little over 57000 a game. That is absolute crap. You let Watson play this year, and you suspend him the next year. At some point, they've got to step up. They, if Goodell does Goodell, this, Goodell, the right, other owners, if they do it right, they penalize the Browns big time with this and Watson. They wait until the civil suits are done and hit him in the twenty twenty three season. And this is another thing. That's where you about. can make an example. There is some point, there's got to be some point where this comes full circle, where the NFL has got to realize number one, you had us when you were, like you said, when you were not fully guaranteeing these contracts. That was the best part. And then number two, you have got to figure out a way to penalize teams, penalize players, and not just say, well, we're the, the biggest show in town. We'll just kind of it's sweep it under the rug. It's going to be okay. No, We've got, we're all sick of all this crap I heard time and today, time a damn again. Somebody today summarized the investigations you've got going on with the Browns, with the, the uh, commanders. Sorry, I almost said Redskins. Yeah. Dude. You know, with, and what do we have with Jerry with Jones? Jerry Jones. There is bad stuff going on in the NFL. And they keep and close Goodell ties. keeps trying to brush it under the carpet. No, you have to acknowledge it. There has to be complete accountability for everybody. And I'm sorry, the Browns showed what a shit organization they are. Oh, we did our due diligence. Yeah. You didn't talk to any of the women accusing him, anybody on that side. You got, oh, we talked to the females who were on his defense team. Big fucking deal. They weren't the ones subjected to what he put these women through. Exactly. Great point. 
absolute crap fest coming out of Cleveland. Yep. And the thing is, remember, we heard, again, everything happens on Thursday, right after we tape. Yeah, never fails. But on Thursday of last week, we had heard it was down to the Falcons and the Saints. The Panthers were out and the, and Browns, the Browns were out. out. The Browns go, let us talk to Deshaun Watson and yeah. basically say, we'll give you 230 guaranteed. Come to us. So Money talks, bullshit walks. Yeah, basically they colluded with him to screw the Texans. And again, going back to Baker Mayfield, he's not that bad to the point where the, the Texans couldn't ask for him in return? No kidding. Why Why didn't they want him to come in? They need a quarterback. I was just about to say, and look at all the money the Browns have invested right now at this moment in their quarterback position with both Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson. But again, I forgot. Deshaun Watson's only getting paid a million dollars this year. Ooh. Oh. Now, we mentioned earlier about Aaron Rodgers and how he <laughs> took his big payday, but it's cost him, just like Pat Mahomes with Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams is now gone. Yep. As we mentioned, he's to the Raiders for a first and second round pick this year. And by all accounts, he is thrilled to be reunited with Carr. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering if he really ever had any intention of staying in Green Bay. When this door opened, he loves if it was their, their there. friends. Him and Derek Carr are friends. They played together in college. Devontae Adams always wanted to be a Raider. This is a dream come true for him. I'd just like to ask him, are you happy to be away from, from the, the lateral general. thinker? <laughs> Have you ever yeah. seen him shove butter up his ass in the locker room? <laughs> Did you ever see him snort oil? <laughs> Good for, uh, 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 again, the AFC is so loaded now. Yeah, they are. But I do like what the Raiders are doing now. They have now officially, finally, after years of, of having Derek Carr on a wire, where he didn't know year after year after year, what are they going to trade me? Do they like me? Do they not like me? New coach comes in. Now your star receiver has told you, I'm I love my quarterback. Like... Not like Terrell Owens. I love my quarterback so much, Tony Romo. <laughs> this is actually genuine. These guys love each other. They are, yeah. This is going to solidify Derek Carr. In Vegas as a Raider, probably till the end of his career. And it's sad that he has, it's been questioned his starting status for as long as it has been. I know we've only been doing the podcast for a little over a year. We have said for years and years, we would have taken Derek Carr with the Bears, what, four or five years ago when these rumors first started? Yeah. That they didn't like him. Oh, he's not that great. I would have taken him in Chicago or Miami. Yep. So hopefully this is finally going to settle down the Vegas soap opera after what we had last year with Gruden. Now Josh McDaniels. Now we get to see if he's a good head coach or not. Can he step up? We'll see. I want an investigation into the goddamn L.A. Rams is what I want. How do they get to spend more money? 
They admitted when they won the Super Bowl last year that they didn't have any money. They went for it. They traded all their draft picks and they just went for it. Yeah. And oh, somehow they find up. the money to give Matt Stafford a four year, $160 million extension. Why? $135 guaranteed. Why? Then they sign Allen Robinson, formerly of the Chicago Bears to a three-year deal worth $45 million, and they still say, well, we're still looking at OBJ. Well, and, where are you getting the money from? And we're re-signing Donald. Where are you getting the money from? It's insane. I want somebody to look into the Rams' cap structure right now and tell me how they can afford to make these moves. Yeah, considering that they were up against it and were talking about having to blow up the team. Now, they did trade Robert Woods to the Titans, which I think is a great move for the Titans. I know Woods might not be ready for the start of the season. No, but that does not make up that much of a difference. No, and I told you, the numbers I saw online after the, the new league year started, the deadline for being under the cap, I don't know why it looked, because we know the Bears aren't even freaking close. <laughs> the Rams actually were under, uh, over the cap, the only team over the cap after signing Stafford. And then they had to make the Woods deal. So how how are they able to continue Again, signing? this is what, circling back to what we talked about at the very beginning of this segment. Quantum physics. Voidable years. We're going to stretch out this part of the contract. Stretch out the signing bonus. It's Ugh. garbage. You have got to tighten this up, NFL. You have got to tighten this up. How many Bobby Bonillas are out there from the NFL? I heard, uh, you want to hear something really scary that I heard today? With the way the NFL's going, the quarterback contract skyrocketing. Going stupid. But they're making money hand over fist. They are talking about the salary cap within five to six years being $350 million. That's ridiculous. I'm just telling you. That is insane. Just telling you. Good God. Now, of course, in our division with the Bears, because, again, the Bears don't do anything, the Bears, God forbid, would ever try to reach out to anybody like Tariq Hill or try, try to trade for Robert Woods to help out Justin Fields. The Green Bay Packers let go. Zedarius Smith, awesome linebacker. And I know that's the one place the Bears might actually be set. So where does he go? Minnesota. It stays in division. Yeah. He gets three years, $42 million. Now he, again, the financial stuff here is amazing. He was supposed to go back to where he originally came from, Baltimore, the Ravens. They had him locked in for a four-year, $35 million deal. And then he saw the stupid money Von Miller was getting from the Bills. And said, well, why can't I get that? And he said, before I sign this, let's see what else happens. And, of course, the Vikings jump in and say, we'll give you three years for more money. That's what you get. Well, yeah. I know how that goes. You wait for that. You got an agreement said, you know what? Love the organization. It's a great deal, but 
let let me see if anybody's going to get stupid in the next day or two. And lo and behold, that's what happens. That's well, again, what, going back to your Dolphins, they waited. They were so patient, and they waited and waited, and they get Teron Armstead, arguably the best offensive lineman out there. Yeah. Because nobody a, would sack up and sign him. Yeah. Five years, 87 and a half mil, 43.3 guaranteed. Yep. We were talking about Juju Smith-Schuster. He ends up, now he's number one right now in Kansas City from what I can see on their depth chart Yeah, with Tyreek Hill gone. Of course, they've still got Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and but how long can he maintain? There's got to be a decline at some point, right? There's got to you be a decline. You kind of started to see Kansas City, some of that. The minute the Tyreek Hill trade went through, all I was seeing, all I was seeing was, well, Pat Mahomes better stop talking about ever coming close to catching Tom Brady. Yeah, because this he might just be a one-time. It's p- possible because he took all the money. Good for him. He got paid, but you he know who never took all the money? The who never took all the money, Dave? Who never took all the money, Kev? Tom be freaking Brady. And that's why the Buccaneers re-signed Leonard Fournette. Three years, $21 million. That's why they re-signed Chris Godwin. Three years, $60 million. And they brought in Logan Ryan to help out in the secondary. Yep. That's why the Buccaneers will once again reign supreme over the NFC. Fuck the Rams. That's I want a t-shirt. With the Buccaneers logo on it that says underneath, Ram this. Fuck the Rams. I'm not even worried about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's going to get what he deserves. You have you have oh fun throwing to Alan Lazard and uh, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb on one leg. Yeah, with his walker. <laughs> oh, man. You got your money, Aaron. Be happy with it. The GOAT comes back seeing what all you idiots are doing and he knows it's ripe everybody's back once <laughs> again the band is back in tampa and they don't have the headache they can sleepwalk through half the season and still get to the super bowl i'm telling you yeah! there you go thank god you have the dolphins renewed optimism there is I optimism. have the Buccaneers. Our thoughts, we're Florida dreaming right now. We man. are. <laughs> Fuck the Bears. Bears can't figure out what the hell they're doing. Fuck them. We're going to Florida. That's right. Dolphins and Bucks, man. Let's see the Dolphins Let's and the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Miami can finally come out of the doldrums that have plagued them forever. Speaking of Miami, <clears throat> moving on to March Madness. Not going to spend a lot of time on this. I, no. I mean, I don't. Next week what, is going to be the one where we week really is the big one. We got down to it. Great upsets, couple of good Cinderella stories. Right, St. Peter's, of course, making the Sweet Sixteen is a big deal. They yep. knocked off Kentucky. The Miami Hurricanes knocked off Auburn. Wow. Can I had them winning the first game. 
Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even have faith as a Miami <laughs> Hurricanes fan. Did not even have faith in them against USC in the round of 64. Ah, Look at them now. Have little faith. I know. And God love Jim Laranaga. I told the story to you and Mrs. C a couple nights ago. Charles Barkley, of course. We love Charles. <laughs> if not the greatest color commentator Chuck. on TV in any sport. Got to be in the top three. Auburn star, Auburn alumni. Yep. Talking about when <laughs> Auburn beats Miami, I'm going to take off my, my shirt, shirt and, and dance around, around the, the studio. <laughs> and then, of course, the Hurricanes double-digit win over Auburn. Basically shellacked them. <laughs> Jim Laranega, head coach of Miami, <laughs> post-game press conference, cool as a cucumber. Yep, didn't miss a beat. Comes out and he's, well, I heard when I was watching the games earlier in the day that Charles Barkley said that if and when Auburn beat us, he was going to take off his shirt and run around the studio on national TV. And Laranega says, yes. nobody in the U.S. wanted to see that. So no. we had to take You're care welcome. of that. <laughs> we had to take care of that. And I uh, told Dave a week or two ago, I said, it's just a shame that the Hurricanes basketball <laughs> team is better than the football team. You go through cycles. Yeah, go through cycles. And Notre Dame does it. I mean, most most conferences, schools, outside of maybe Duke. And, of course, Krzyzewski oh, found a way to you get watch, into the Sweet 16. We've had horrible officiating throughout the first weekend. Izzo almost pulled it off. Boy, he almost pulled it off. Almost, but the refs have been trying to manipulate outcomes. Yeah, and as little I have Wait. watched as little basketball when it comes to the the March Madness in here in 2022 ever. I usually look forward to sitting down Thursday at noon, and finding a way to get stop. off of work, finding a way to call in sick, and just doing that whole midnight to midnight thing. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I watched three or four hours. But the games yeah. I saw, you saw Houston, Illinois, they're kicking players out. Yep. The end of the Notre Dame-Texas Tech game. Texas Tech committed a number of fouls that were not called down the stretch. Yeah, it just it's there are some there have been some really blatant no calls. The other one, the the, the, the one that really got me mad was the Baylor North Carolina game that oh went to overtime, God. where North Carolina did finally end up winning. Justice was served, where the the hottest player on the court for North Carolina, this kid was on pace to score forty points. I am not kidding. Early in the second half, they kick him out for a flagrant two. Because, God forbid, he put, as he tried to go, he went over the back. He got called for the foul on that. But That's because fine. he put his sh his other hand on the player in front of him, his shoulder, they said, well, he was pushing down. That could have resulted in injury. No, that's, that's a bull flagrant crap. too. That's bullcrap. That is a cop-out. That is trying 
They were trying to get to Baylor. Keep Baylor in. Yep. They were trying to keep Baylor in. Like I said, they're going to find game, a way. They're going to find a way yep. to screw Texas Tech to get Duke to advance. You heard it here first, kids. Dave and I both agree on this. You watch that Texas Tech Duke game in the the West. You watch that. They will find a way. They will find a way to screw over Texas Tech and get Shashevsky in against Gonzaga in the West final. Yep, you know they want to try and push that agenda. Yep. And it would be absolute travesty if they do that. Other teams that are still in it, of course, number one seed Arizona, number one seed Kansas in the South and the Midwest, respectively. Providence still in it, which I did not expect. Iowa State, we talked about it. You called it Wisconsin was weak. I agreed with you, but I thought Wisconsin would at least get one more yep. round in. Iowa State beats them. Michigan. Oh, Jawan Howard punches a guy, slaps a guy in the face, and, and now, now he gets he rewarded. Is Sweet 16. Ugh. Absolute crap. Never let it be said that bad people never get good things happening to them. Exactly. Villanova's still in it. Houston. I like Houston. Through. I told Houston you Houston was, was either going to go be a one and done. Now they they're going to cause march. trouble for Arizona. Yep. And they are great on the offensive boards. Purdue. Did not think they'd last I this long. I told you Purdue would make a run. I like UCLA against North Carolina. That's going to be a hell of That's a game. That's going to be fun. And I think I think the one, I think Kansas destroys Providence. I think Gonzaga beats up on Arkansas. Yep. Otherwise, you're looking at some good games in the Sweet really 16. really good games down there. So All next right. week, of course, we will have the Final Four. That'll be fun. Yep, and we'll give you our bracket recap at that point. All right, kids, stay tuned. We will be right back with baseball. This episode of Sports Frenzy 2.0 is brought to you by the Bills Mafia Marital Aid Company. Because when you are down and out, we'll bring you back up and in the game. Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher. Sports Frenzy 2.0. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. Along with the maestro Kevin Crane. We're recording here March 23rd, 2022. This will hit on the Thursday, the 24th. Time to talk a little NASCAR this segment, followed by some baseball. So <sighs> recap the disaster. That is the reconfigured Atlanta track. Yeah, and we would be remiss as NASCAR fans if we didn't discuss that for a couple minutes in and of itself. Uh, they have destroyed, in my opinion, my humble opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, first, congrats to Byron right. for the win, right. surviving that debacle. Right, yes. And I thought I had a top three car with Ryan Blaney, but again... It's now a super speedway. It is now the same crap you get with Daytona, the same crap you get with Talladega. We don't want that on an intermediate track. Pack racing. They it, line up. They don't want to get in the big one It was for most of the last segment. It was so bad. I'm, I actually had to watch the highlights and watch things on a recap because I was so damn busy Sunday. It was beautiful weather. Things needed to get done. 
I'm glad I didn't waste my day watching that crap fest of a race. Yeah, and I did. This was probably the first race in a month where I actually watched it beginning to end. Usually what I'll do is is watch the first half and then take a break and watch a movie or something and watch the rest of the race Monday morning. Yeah. But this one I watched beginning to end. Again, another reason why, as I alluded to in the last segment, I did not watch a ton of March Madness is I actually stuck around and watched this debacle yeah. from beginning to end. And they they screwed up Atlanta back in 97 when they made it the quad oval and put that damn dog leg in to make it look like Charlotte. They had a great layout where it was just a straight up oval, up and down, back and forth, produced great racing. There was nothing wrong with it. And they screwed it up the first time. They had some great finishes. The racing was decent. And then they have to go and do this and completely ruin it. Not fun to watch at all. No, and we've talked about this in the past. We admire what NASCAR, they've been proactive here over the last two or three years. They have tried to make things more interesting. They have tried to get rid of the cookie cutter intermediate tracks more road courses, but now I think this pushes things too far because yeah. I would rather see a road course. Adding more road courses was fine. Yeah, but we now didn't we... need another freaking draft race. Two of them. Two of them. Two more of this bullshit. So now you got six races out of 36 where it's basically just you survive. You don't even have to prove you're a good driver. You just have to be smart enough to avoid the accidents. Yeah, you have to be lucky enough to avoid the accidents. And like Dave said, congrats to William Byron. Not trying to take anything away from him. And of course, this gives Rick Hendrick already five races in, three guaranteed spots in the playoffs. And yep. hmm, I wonder if they'll get all four in after this weekend with the road course hmm. coming yeah, we'll, up at circuit of the americas we'll get to that in a second yeah we'll get to that in a second um, um but of course because they decided this was another thing that i decided i thought was really silly was because friday got rained out supposedly we're back to a normal schedule so to speak practice <laughs> qualifying race but because there were storms in Atlanta Friday, they wiped out qualifying and moved practice from Friday to Saturday. And they again went back to the rule book. That's just bullshit. So Chase Briscoe got the pole and there was no qualifying. Now in the end, it's a super speedway now. So it didn't really freaking matter. But I'm just but wondering, this. I don't like when they do this. We go to the rule book. Yeah, they they didn't have to go that route. They could have qualified. They could have gotten it in. Yeah. It seemed a little hanky to me. A lot of what NASCAR has done through the years has been hinky. Come on. Yeah, now I I hope they don't pull that shit this weekend at Circuit of the Americas. I hope they let them qualify because remember last year was a disaster. The first oh, race, race the was... first ever cup race at Coda was a disaster. That was the one where Truex got 
hit in the back and his car yeah. almost went complete 90, 90 degrees. degrees. Yeah, that was just an ugly Elliot race survived with all of it, that rain. But it was not it, another for different reasons, survival race. Yeah. I know you want to be able to race in the rain on road courses. That's all part of it. And I am so for it. But there is a point where if it's raining too damn hard. I was looking. But in, you know. I was looking on the horizon for somebody building an arc. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. But it goes all the way back to the days of old Formula One. And even Formula where they'll run in the downpours. Right. Oh, that's why they, they are allowing rain and tires on the road courses. You know what? They've got wipers. Let it ride. If somebody wants to run faster than somebody else, that's why you've got the brake lights on there that you got to kind of watch out know, for, what, too. What they went through last year, that was ridiculous. That wasn't just a sprinkle. <laughs> that was a torrential downpour. Yeah. So hopefully this year in Texas, we'll of all places... Get. Hopefully you get good weather. Hopefully that will even things out. People will qualify properly. Yeah. So, so speaking of road courses and all, little news coming out that NASCAR and Hendrick are getting together to bring a modified version of the next-gen car trying to get into category Garage 56 for the 2023 24 Hours of Le Mans. Yep, saw this that is, as well. This is a single car category primarily designed to allow somebody to try out some new technologies and different things without taking a spot from another class car. So it's kind of an R&D thing that's allowed. I absolutely love it. I think it's brilliant. They're going to use the... Of course, a Hendrick Camaro, Chevy powered, and we'll see what they come up with. Yep. They've they've got a year and a half to get ready. Yep. I know there's some of you out there that, that get to this point in the show and they go, oh, God, here they go talking about racing again. But here's the thing. Racing there can is, be fun. There is a solid core of fans like us who have followed this year in and year out for decades. And our loyalty, viewership, Fandom remains stable. Look at the ratings for the races. They're solid. We get excited about SRX. And now what they're trying to do with stuff like this is bring people like me in who I don't really watch Le Mans. But something like this gets me a little more interested in actually checking it out. Yeah, I'm not an F1 guy. I used to love watching uh, the Indy 500 with my father back when I was... 13, 14 years old, but I, I kind of gravitated away from it and went to stock cars. I can see that. I'd... But this kind of stuff, when you've got drivers like Jimmy Johnson jumping now, to IndyCar, Lamont now with Hendrick stuff going in the cup car, it brings other people in within the racing fandom bubble. Yeah. So you bring the and NASCAR has raced at Le Mans before. So we'll see how this rolls out. I'm I'm kind of geeked for this one. All right. Speaking of geeked, I'm kind of geeked as I mentioned to see hopefully a nice weather race here for the second <laughs> try. 
the Echo Park Texas Grand Prix at Circuit of the Americas. Of course, we've already talked about ad nauseum, the, the terrible weather debut yeah. for the Cup guys at Coda last year. So this year, hopefully, we get clear, nice weather to really see how this will play out. Now, that being said... <laughs> <laughs> There's probably not going to be a lot of dissension through our picks. There could be, but I don't anticipate much. We've got six of our eight picks in now. Deadline is about an hour and a half away. Now, Dave and I had a little debate about this a couple nights ago when we were talking about Coda. And we were talking about Bill's pick. Now, we'll get to Bill's pick last. Uh, Now... Obvious, if you if you know anything about NASCAR, anything at all, you know it's a road course, who you picking? As of late, you got to go with Chase Elliott. So, of course, myself, Conquistador, Elder Statesman Sam, and the governor, Doug, we are all staying with the odds-on favorite, Chase Elliott. Need points at this point because it's been a abysmal for my picks so far and that is good that's something that we wanted to bring up to you guys out there we will keep you abreast we know you don't really care all <laughs> that much <laughs> okay penis <laughs> we will we'll try to keep you up to date on our scores in terms of our march madness brackets as well as our frenzy cup is what we call it our nascar competition occasionally when we have time as Dave said, though, it's been a brutal start to the season through five races. Yep. Right now, if things ended today, Mrs. C and I would be the only ones qualified yep. to run for the Frenzy Cup. Plenty of time left, though. Okay, so we've got four of the eight panelists so far in for the ringer, the, the road course ringer, Chase Elliott. Yep. I have made my, my thoughts known. I if if AJ Allmendinger wins this fucking race, I'm gonna be so mad <laughs> because he's the one guy. I think he's the one the guy, the one who could upend Elliott's run. Yes. Now we talked about Bill. This is what I wanted to get to. Initially, I argued. Dave and I kind of went back and forth. Bill is going with Kyle Larson. It's a fine pick. He's a good road racer. And he is really, if you look at the odds, as of today, again, the 23rd of March as we take, Larson is a lot closer in the odds than I would have thought. It's basically Elliot, Larson, and then everybody else. Yeah. And Larson has run extremely well. Now, Larson, the, the problem I have is Larson is so good at so many other types of tracks. Why would you burn him on a road course? But... He's really good on road courses, too. So, Bill's trying to, to he, throw a curveball here. Good for him. Yep. Let's see what happens. The other pick we've got in is from Aaron. The Big Easy is taking Joey Logano. Interesting. Again, another good road course racer. Don't know if I'd take him, though. I could think of three or four I other guys. I think of other tracks to use Logano yeah. at. On and three Logano. or four other guys I would take on a road course ahead of Logano. Although Logano would be top six, seven in my book. Yeah. So there you go, kids. Six of the eight picks for Coda are in. We will keep you updated, as I mentioned. 
in future podcast episodes in terms of our ongoing competition, which right now is very it's, ugly. It's in the toilet. <laughs> very, very ugly. We're running for the toilet cup right now, kids. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> Sam's the one I'm really worried about. Sam <sighs> has buried himself in a deep, dark hole. He is five races in. He has not had one good pick yet. No. No, and I've been, and he mentioned that I think after race three, he sent me an email pick making his pick for Larson, and said, "Guess what? He's going to wreck because I'm taking him." <laughs> <laughs> and he had a terrible race. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you have those runs. Yep. In a modium won't help you. No, no, it will not. <laughs> All right, baseball. Everything now is looking like it's wrapped up in terms of players have been signed. Trades have been made. The teams are solidifying their rosters. Spring training has started. And I'm not happy with the Sox, White Sox, standing pretty much pat, not making much of a run at all. They've they've stood pat basically when everybody else around them got better, and I do not like it at all. Of course, the the team in your division, the AL Central, who you now have to look out for, in my opinion, it's the, is Tigers. the Twins. Well, the but- Tigers and the Twins are going to be the Twins could be interesting. Their lineup is stacked. They've got great defensive infield. Their pitching is what's going to be their issue. Now, they did pick up Sonny Gray, but the big signing this past week was, of course, Carlos Correa. Now, <sighs> it's a low-risk deal for both sides because... It is. He can opt out after the first year. Technically, three years, $105 million, but like you said, opt-outs, I it's, believe, after both the second, first the first and, and the second. second year. Yeah. it's it's It feels almost like a rental agreement. He wants to see how he likes Minnesota. If he stays healthy, puts up decent numbers. If he wants to move on, he's got that you know, option to one of the three or four asshole evil empires out there on the West Coast or the East Coast. He can. Yeah, it's a good move by Minnesota. I don't fault him at all. And of course, that's following what we talked about last week—the trade with with the evil empire, the Yankees, <sighs> where they screwed them over completely. Yeah. They dumped Josh Donaldson's salary on the Yankees along with the a young catcher who really good defensively can't hit. Get back Gary Sanchez, get back Gio Urshela, open up the money in order to make the this Carlos deal. Correa deal. Brilliant. And you move mentioned by... the Tigers. We talked about the Tigers. They didn't do anything really here, but early on, early before on, the lockout, a, they made some they really were smart some deals. Big deals. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that all lines up. Now, the other big free agent signings to wrap up the roster moves: Trevor Story, the other big name shortstop who was out there, goes to the Red Sox, six years, one hundred forty million dollars, but he'll move to second. Because my God, why would you not put one of the best sec or shortstops at shortstop and move your obviously a lesser defensive? Xander, they don't want to piss off Xander Bogarts. But 
Bogart needs to realize he's not as good. He will be a liability compared to Storm. If, if, if there's one thing everybody who listens to us knows. Check your ego at the door. The egos on these players are ridiculous. We talk about it every week. And if we Sander Bogart can't week, deal with it, trade his ass. I will I, take I story agree. over Bogart any game. That's the thing, though. I think the Red Sox are kind of listening to your line of reasoning, your line of thinking, because I think Bogart's next year is up for a new contract. And so they can basically say, say bye we'll move Story back to his natural position, bring in another second baseman. And the one thing I got to say about the Red Sox, I, I don't like their pitching. We talked about Chris Sale. Again, he's hurt. He's starting on the IL again. They have no pitching. The no. Red Sox have no pitching, but they've been able to keep themselves well under the luxury tax threshold, which they had to do to right. avoid the big penalty. The super penalty that they were going right. to get. Which the New York teams, of course, are staring square in the face, and the Dodgers. Speaking of which, the Dodgers landed the big fish again right after we taped last week. <laughs> Freddie Freeman goes to the Dodgers six years, $162 million. That's actually a reasonable deal. This is another thing you and I discussed. See, Dave and I talk all the time. We actually are friends off mic. That's right. We have these discussions. Yes. Especially when we're going to see awesome concerts. That's like we right. This week. Check out the weekend edition for a review of Dirty Honey and Mammoth WVH. But what are you going to talk about when you're driving two and four back in front from some of these concerts? You're talking about sports. Notice how the lockout settled. And you're not seeing the mega deals. No. You're not seeing the 200, 300, 250 million dollar mega deals. Freeman, like you said, 162 million kind of seems reasonable, especially when you look back it's still at the a last lot of couple money, but years. Over six years, that's not horrible compared to what some of these other idiots have gotten and have not performed for. Or have decided to ride motorcycles and break their the wrists. wrists. <laughs> Machado is to me the biggest example. That was the panic move of all time. The Padres oh giving God, him three hundred million, and his numbers don't even come close to bearing out. No, they. He has fallen so far after getting paid. Yep. Now the one move that I like from the Phillies. Of course, the Phillies are loading up on ex-Cubs. <laughs> yep, bringing Schwarber in now. Yeah, we talked about that last week, and now they bring in Castellanos, Nick Castellanos, who I yep. loved, I loved, I loved, and I wish the Cubs had found some way. They could have brought him back. They're just too damn cheap. And we'll get to the Ricketts, the latest news oh, on the Ricketts in a minute. Yeah, you have to get a soccer team now. Nick Castellanos, five years, $100 million with the Phillies. That's Cheap for him. He is so good. Oh, he's a defensive liability. I don't care. He's a great clubhouse guy. Guaranteed 20 homers, 90 RBIs. He's going to make up He's going to hit 280 in this day and age for $20 million bargain. Yeah. If the Phillies is. pitching staff can show up with that lineup, 
with Harper, Schwarber, Castellanos. That's a solid middle of the order. I'm telling you, man. Phillies are going to be tough. Cubs are an embarrassment. An embarrassment. Oh, wait. It gets better. No. I will say this. I will I will try to be a little bit <laughs> of a calm, rational Cubs fan and say they made a couple minor signings that I actually love. A couple ex-Orioles, believe it or not. Jonathan <laughs> Vilar. Now, he was with the Orioles a couple years ago. I think he was at the Mets last year. Great utility guy. Yeah. He's got pop in his bat. He can steal some bases. He will be able to fill in on the infield wherever he is needed. And then, uh, of course, you're not going to get saves with that dumpster fire in Baltimore. No. But Michael Gibbons has been a pretty reliable bullpen guy over the years. Again, so despite the fact it was in Baltimore. It a little bit. So I like those two signings. Um, again, if the Cubs would spend the goddamn money... You can't pony up $16 million for Kenley Jansen for one year like no. the Braves did? No, they had to pony up for Chelsea. <sighs> Kenley Jansen, stud closer from the Dodgers. I love the fact the Dodgers lose their closer. But. Just like the Bears. I mean, these teams we root for, Dave, they're driving me nuts. Tell me about it. It's always the Chicago teams. They won't spend the fucking money. Everybody else around is spending the money, making the trades. I know. I know. Kenley Jansen of the Braves. So the as much as the Atlanta fans hate the fact they lost Freddie Freeman, the Braves made some moves they're behind in, the scenes. They're going to be fine. Yep, they're going to be fine. Especially now with expanded playoffs. Yeah, they are going to be fine. Nothing to worry about there. Last move I want to point out before we move on to the rule changes and all the other crap. <sighs> the Yankees decided to go with Anthony Rizzo at first base. We talked about that. So they had Luke Voigt sitting out there, won the home run title a couple years ago. They trade him to the Padres, so the Padres still Padres, are trying. Sir. Still trying. They're still trying. Now, wouldn't you have tried to keep Voight to play first during your home games if you're the Yankees? Because I believe Judge and Rizzo both are not going to be able to play at home at this point. That is the rumor. That is a speculation because, because the New York rules are still in place. You cannot, as an athlete, as Kyrie Irving with the Brooklyn Nets, you cannot play in your home stadium and you can't travel to Canada. No. If you don't have proof of vaccination. And yes, Judge and Rizzo seem to be the two that with- are screwing their teammates over. And it doesn't sound like it's going to be any time soon before that's lifted. No, they keep asking the mayor of New the York, the like, new mayor. We are going in order. Yes, and this is not de Blasio. No. This is actually Adams, the new guy who's in, a little more rational, a little more sane, but he's saying... He's saying, I'm going to listen to my medical experts, right. and we're going to do this incrementally. Sorry, sports fans, you're low on the totem pole for your players. Yeah. 
And it's I, and the thing is, I think what they're trying to do is because New York was obviously the one city that was overwhelmed when COVID hit with no, oh, they got no hospital beds, not enough medical workers. We can't handle this. They got obviously the biggest city in the pummeled. country. And I think they're trying to avoid a situation like that happening again. So they're going to exercise extreme caution when it comes to this. And if it fucks the Yankees over, that's fine with me. <laughs> so much the better. <laughs> Finally, wrapping up here, segment two, baseball decided to sneak in some rule changes. Oh, my God. Just today, we find out. Just when you thought it was over. Yep, we thought everything was going back to normal. Nope. Now, my personal bugaboo with the ones that they, they snuck through, I know Dave's got a different one he doesn't like. I don't like they're bringing back this stupid-ass ghost runner on second in extra innings. Now, they say it's just for 2022. The pussies can't deal with playing more doubleheaders that are in full nine innings. But, it, but it, no, they didn't shrink them to seven like last year at least. At least right. they still have to play now. But come on, even if you're going extra in a double header, they're pansies that they can't deal with it, that they need the ghost runner for this bullshit. And this is where, honestly, this is where you separate the diehard fans who've been watching baseball for decades versus the newer fans, the new age fans. Where Who don't age, care about the new anything. The fans don't care about tradition. They don't. I've heard people say, how do you feel about an 18 inning game? I'm like, if it's an 18 Brilliant. inning game, it's an 18 inning game. If that's the way it plays out, that's the fucking way it plays out. It, you don't change the rules because you need to shorten the game because you can't handle a four and a half hour game. If it's a four and a half hour game, it's a four and a half hour game. That's how baseball was set up. That's the nature of the game. Now, there are things you can do to help speed it up because I'm sorry, the pitch clock needs to come in. That Pitchers come do in not need year. to take a that minute, come in minute year. and a half between pitches to decide what they want to throw. And the batter doesn't and need the to batter step out and readjust his no more Garcia Parra. 40-second routine between pitches. Right. And if you have the pitch clock, that keeps the batter from doing all that bullshit, They're both going to be limited. If, if. They do this next year, which supposedly they have a 45-day window to do this next year. And these goddamn owners better show some balls and, and put, say, we want this. put these rules in place because this worries me. That them backing off, off on this, this extra inning thing. crap and going back to last year's rules worries me that they're starting to cave to the players. Yep. Well, you got this next one. The Otani rule, as I'm calling it. A pitcher can stay in the game when he comes out to be a DH. That's okay. Only for one fucking player. Absolute crap. Can I be honest with you? And I, of course, and you're, I, you I look probably at myself. Love it. I no. I here's the thing. When I saw this this morning on the crawler, when I was watching my sports network show this morning, and you know they have the scores yeah. and everything, I saw that and I was like, "What the fuck? Who cares?" It took me five minutes before I thought, oh, oh shit. It's Shohei Otani. That's the only reason. As soon as I'm like, I who saw, cares? As I'm soon as I saw that, 
I go, it's for fucking Otani. Yep, and then an hour later, I saw somebody reference it as the Shohei Otani rule. I'm like, oh, there you I go. I had that as soon as I read. Because I'm trying to think, Otani who cares? Rule. Who's got a pitcher that can hit? Oh, wait. Oh, One wait. fucking team. Yep. Now they are going to expand rosters here for April because of a shortened spring training. Yep, two extra players. Which is fine. It doesn't matter. But they better push forth those rules next year in 2023. We're talking about just speed the game up. Yep. All right. One more segment coming up, kids. Stay tuned. Hey, kids. Ready for a blast of dairy goodness? Pick up Sports Frenzy 2.0 milk at your local grocery store. Remember, when you drink Sports Frenzy 2.0 milk, you're not only enjoying a healthy treat, you're helping to locate missing sports heroes of the past and present. Our cartons and jugs feature pictures of Peng Shui, Ryan Leaf, and Sammy Sosa as we do our part to find the lost icons of the last 30 years. And don't forget our special weekend edition chocolate milk containers available on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, because they feature celebrities like Lindsay Lohan, Helen Hunt, and John claude Van Damme. Pick up a gallon today. Hey kids, welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. Taping here on March the 23rd, 2022. It's almost 9 o'clock. Breaking news, which basically overrules what we were discussing last segment with baseball. Yeah, the fucking Yankees luck out again. And the Nets. And the Nets and the Mets. The Knicks, nobody cares about the Knicks. Exactly. (laughs) Now, Now it's being reported that New York is going to lift the COVID mandate on the athletes. The vaccination mandate. The vaccination mandate will be lifted Thursday, tomorrow. Yep. Just in time. The evil empire gets to feel Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo and everybody who didn't get a shot. So not fair. I've got a ton to talk about when it comes to that on the weekend edition. Check that out exclusively. Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher! I guess that's not exclusive since there's like no, since it's eight or nine of them. Yeah. Is that really exclusive? No. But it's fun to say. That's like, I only date exclusively, but I screw eight or nine chicks a night. <laughs> 17 girls in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the Steel Panther reference from the Conquistador. All right. Gonna mop up, clean up after those 17 girls in a row. <laughs> we mop gotta, the trail. We got to do miscellaneous sports news. We've covered, uh. we've covered baseball, the NFL. We've covered... College basketball. We've covered NASCAR. So what else? The USFL. Yes. Just a few short weeks away from the new second debut of the USFL. Rule changes. Couple interesting things. I'm intrigued by some of these. That they're doing a little bit different 
than yeah. the NFL. The three-point conversion. Yep, where you try and score from the 10-yard line. I like that. I like it. I like I, that. That's got a lot of potential. Yep. Um, there's also another option that after scoring, you can retain possession to try and convert fourth and 12 from your own 33. Yep. Yep. An alternate to the onside kick. Yep. I, I That intrigues me. Boy, I don't know if I, if, as a head coach, I don't know if I would do that, though. That's. You really have to have. You got to be desperate. Yeah. You better be down a lot. Because that's a big gamble to me. Yeah. That, well, if it's late and you score and you're down. Well, I know. Five but... or less. You might as well take a shot right, instead of the onside they're kick. Have books, they're this... going to have the math. They have the calculations. Yep. This... Go for it here. Don't go for it here. I like it because everybody's going to be in prevent mode. They're going to drop back expecting. You can run one right up the middle. Now, here's the thing, though. My my understanding is this is an alternate to the onside kick, right? Yeah. You can still do an onside kick. Now, from what I've seen, you are kicking in the USFL from the 25-yard line. Think about that. This is why I'm saying I yeah. don't know how attractive of an option this is because if I can try an onside kick, even more restrictive like the rules are now, think about that. You will get the ball on your opponent's 35 40 yard line if you can successfully pull off an onside kick i think the fact that you are kicking from farther back and trying an onside kick from there makes that still more appealing could i don't know we'll see now what do you think about the overtime rules <sighs> this two-point overtime shootout i don't i'm not a like fan it. of this i don't like the shootouts I'm not a fan of it in college. Well, now, at least you're not getting a full touchdown on right. this. This is just two-point. Best of – basically, kids, this is best of three. Yeah. Each team gets to run from the two-yard line a two-point conversion. Yeah. And they're going to – each team gets to do it three times. And whoever winds up with the most points after. And if it's still it's, tied – It's kind of like the NHL shootout. Right, and after three tries for each team, if the game is still tied, it, then it's sudden death. Yeah. We'll see. I just want things to be back to normal. Just play a freaking another quarter. No, no this this actually. Are you gonna? Do you really like this? No, I don't. I would I rather. Want I would normal rather see overtime. normal overtime. I would and rather... then if it still winds up tied, then you go to this. Because the NHL still does the normal overtime. And if it's still tied after overtime, they go to the shootout. There you go. That's much more sane to me. That's much how more it logical should go. To me. Play the overtime. If it's still tied after overtime, then you do this shootout. You don't do the shootout and then go to overtime. Right. That's ass backwards. Yep. All right, other sports news we have to discuss. Golf and tennis, yes. They're making their return. Yes. 
not necessarily in good, positive ways. We talked about Mr. Dumbass, possibly of 2022, <laughs> Phil Mickelson, and his idiotic remarks about Saudi Arabia and that league Yeah, that, that now is failing miserably, even though they have announced tens of millions of dollars in prize money. But now because of what Phil Mickelson said, nobody wants to touch it with a 10-foot pole. Phil Mickelson will now, wow, he's I'm, not going to play I'm in the Masters. Up the Masters. For the first time since 1994. Now, that's bittersweet wow. to me. I understand why. Because, again, dumbass move on his part. Burned yep. so many bridges. But this kind of is going to suck. Not having Phil Mickelson in the Masters. Yep, no lefty trying to pull trying off to all choke his off. knocking balls off <laughs> trash cans and and uh, hospitality tents and stuff like that. What what's the Masters going to be without Mickelson tin cupping it? I know, I know, that's a thing. And now the one thing I'll say is golf. I think is in a better position, and we'll get to tennis in a second. Than tennis, tennis is in really big trouble. They're right in dire now. straits. Money for nothing. Chicks, for, chicks free. for free. You still got, even though you don't have the feud anymore between Kepka and DeChambeau, you still got a lot of named golfers out there. Justin Thomas, again, Kepka, DeChambeau, Spieth. Golf will be okay without Phil. Yeah. Now, going on to tennis, tennis is in deep, deep shit. When you're number one. Overall, Ash Barty at 25 announces retirement. Wow. Had won three Grand Slams, had been the number one ranked world female tennis player for 114 weeks. Decides won a third at Grand Slam singles title at the Aussie Open. Right. Bye-bye. I'm done. You've got the Williams sisters on their last legs. Yeah. They're getting older. You don't know if, if, when, how they're going to come back. So the women's side is a mess. Yeah, now man. you hear Nadal, Rafael Nadal has got a rib issue. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. Yep. We, Still wants to make the French Open. We'll see. We've talked about Djokovic with the, the Being screwed over the by vaccination everybody. status, international vaccination status. And Federer's out till late summer, if he ever comes back. Yeah. Tennis is in bad shape. Tennis yeah, has got to get some new names in there, get some excitement, because oof. kids, there's nobody out there right now. No. The aging, fading stars nobody. are going away. And then and you got nobody. the snowflakes, who might or might not be able to handle being on the circuit. We're going to go one week, Dave, without talking about Naomi Osaka. <laughs> I promised myself. I promised. I even after, not, even I after did, that brilliant Law & Order episode last week. I did not mention the name. I was just making an overall general comment about the state of the future I of know. tennis. I know. And I told you, Law & Order last week, just brilliant. so brilliant, weaving in. Naomi Osaka, the Williams sisters, and Britney Spears all into one fantastic 
episode. Oh my god, that's that that's brilliant. Brilliant writing right there. Of course, we talked about Brittany Griner. We're not trying to make light of that anymore. It's no. just you know that's... we don't know what's gonna happen with her. Supposedly she has been in touch with US officials. Um but if the Russians have their way, she could be in the gulag. And I'm not joking. No, in the in gulag, the gulag it through... for up to ten years. So, yep. not not good. Dangerous times. These are honestly the most dangerous times outside of 9/11 that I think we've seen. Dave and I are, you know, in our fifties. This is it, man. I mean, this is it. Outside of 9/11, yeah. this is it. We lived through a, a life of relative peace. Yeah. Vietnam happened when we were just kids. Yeah. It was ending, what was it, 73 when I was two. Right. Right. And I was I was eight. So, I mean, basically we had the whole Iranian hostage situation. Which Ronald Reagan took care of. Boom! Confetti. I you still had love the Ronnie. Whole- Iran Contra. You had a Desert few little storm Desert that was so storm. precise. That thing was over in you had three the days. Whole thing against the Taliban and everything that lasted way too damn long. Right. You never get mired in Afghanistan. One thing we should have learned from the Russians: their failed attempt through the eighties. That was their Vietnam. You. Two places you just don't go into. Yep. And you would hope that we would have some kind of military minds that are advising our <coughs> president <clears throat> that uh, yeah. we're going to handle the situation, hopefully, in a, a way that we don't put American lives at risk unless absolutely necessary. Yeah. So let's go back to the mess that we are as a society. <laughs> Leah Thomas, Leah Thomas, we've talked about him, her, it, week <sighs> after week. Leah Thomas won the 500-yard freestyle at the NCAA championships. So he, she, it now is a female swimming champion. Yep, much to the dismay and ire of all the female swimmers at the NCAAs. And their families. And their families. This, And rightfully so, they should be outraged at this. <sighs> Sorry. It's a dude competing as a woman. Physiologically, at a competitive advantage. I don't care about testosterone, estrogen levels. That's got nothing to do with it. And I was kind of disappointed. Now, I understand the governor here in Indiana where we tape, Eric Holcomb. I understand why he did not sign into law the ban on transgender athletes if what he's saying is true he's not playing politics and he's saying 
the bill did not have enough specifications where he felt comfortable actually putting that into law for the state. But if they revise it and they clear it up and they give it back to him, then I will really then be interested to see how he reacts. Yeah. Of course, we talked about last week the tragedy involving the golf teams, both male and female, of the University of the Southwest. Now it comes out that a 13-year-old was driving the truck. That hit the team. Yes. Now they are saying excessive speed was involved. There was not... From what I've seen, alcohol, drugs involved. No, it's just, it's just somebody who never should have been behind the wheel in that situation. This, You know what this sounds like to me? And again, this is not confirmed. Sounds like to me like a drunk dad got or his uncle. kid or uncle. Or family member or right, whatever. Got his nephew or his son or whatever to drive the truck home. Yep. Never and unfortunately, should have happened. It still doesn't look like it might not have been the kid's fault. Because the tire, the tire blew. blew, but it never—he never should have been in that situation. He does not An have the experience driver, to know how to deal with a blowout. Exactly, an older driver would have been able to possibly handle the situation better. So it's just a clusterfuck all the way around. Speaking of clusterfucks, how about this uh, Al Michaels deal with Amazon? Oh my god. <laughs> Joining Kirk Herbstreet, calling games on Prime. We have seen unbelievable uh, movement in the NFL, unbelievable movement in Major League Baseball, and even now <laughs> in um, the announcer's booth. Oh, my God. <laughs> Al Michaels is getting money similar to, but not equal to, Joe Buck's five-year, $75 million deal where he's going uh, to ESPN. Now, Al Michaels' deal is – Supposedly only three years, but again, should be roughly fifteen million, just like bucks, yeah, per year. And more people are going to be able to watch ESPN than are going to watch Prime. Re- but again, on. you have to pay for both. Technically, technically, technically you do. You have to pay for both. Ugh. And so, of course, Mike Tarico, we knew this was coming, is going to move into the booth. For Sunday Night Football, yeah, for NBC with Chris. I'm Collinsworth. fine with that. But well, we knew that was coming. It's gotta go. Yeah. All right, bud. You want to talk about the NHL trade deadline before we move on to dumbasses? It happened. Of course, the Blackhawks traded Flurry to Minnesota for a couple of draft picks. Whoop-de-doo. Knew it was coming. Kind of surprised. Uh, I think it was Brandon Hagel got traded as well. Um, No real surprises. At least. The core is still there. Kane and Taze. I think there would have been more of an uproar with the two stalwarts. But we'll see. What had promise to the start of the season, they got off to such a horrible start that they can't recover from it. So. It is what it is, kids. So you need to learn the Cubs mantra. There's always next year. <laughs> Dude, do you know how long I suffered as a Hawks fan? And you had a great run. We you had, had a better run than the Cubs or the White run. Sox. 
have or the Bears have ever hoped to have. Yeah, the Hawks. Outside I of knew, the Bulls, I knew it was going to take Old Man Wirtz kicking off before anything would happen. Yep, in and Chicago sports history, outside but, of the Bulls. But then we've got the worst fucking GM in Stan Bowman, who ruined everything because he didn't know how to plan for the cap or to look ahead. Again, next to the Bulls, the Blackhawks had the second best run. Oh, yeah. In With Chicago major sports. Yep. In the last, what, 50, 60 years? Not too shabby. No, I'll take it. Yep. It was enjoyable. Yep. NBA news real quick because I I need to qualify. I had some dumbasses set up for the NBA, and I pulled them off the table. So I have to explain why. But first, again, we have to acknowledge LeBron James. Do we have to? He is now the number two all-time scorer in NBA history as he passed Carl Malone. So Mr. Hookshot, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, is the lone obstacle in his way. Yep. Uh, Injuries. A lot of injuries. Uh, Damian Lillard is officially now done for this this season. The Portland Trailblazers aren't really going anywhere, so no big shock. Abdominal surgery. This one kind of surprises me. Now, Steph Curry is going to be out for the rest of the regular season. Yep, with that foot injury. And last night, the Orlando Magic, my Orlando Magic, one of the worst teams in the league, beat the Golden State Warriors <laughs> down in the Sunshine State. Wow. Ouch. Yeah, Draymond Green came out, did a press conference afterwards. And I can't I what can't get mad do? about this, but he said no disrespect to the, the Orlando Magic, but they're one of the worst teams in the league, and we just got beat by them. <laughs> so we got to step it up. Yep. There and, really is no excuse for Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, healthy, not to be able, without Steph Curry, to beat the Orlando Magic. Yeah, no no reason at all, except that they probably just overlooked him and thought they could cruise. Yep. All right, the couple dumbasses that I was originally going to put in for Dave to decide, I'm going to pull them off the table because I have gotten mm. more information real quick. Number one, Zion Williamson just posted a video dunking, supposedly rehabbing his foot injury that's been lingering all year. I was going to say, when was the last time he actually played a game? He has not played at all this year. People are trying to make excuses. Now the Pelicans are saying he might come back. He's looking really good. He's getting better. Here is the thing. (laughs) He's a 25, 35, 40-year-old man. A lot of people comparing him to Batman, Greg, Greg Oden. If you watch the video, kids, I encourage you to. I will have Dave watch it as well at some point. If you watch him, again, number one, I was going to make him a dumbass because if you're rehabbing from a major foot injury, why are you all of a sudden dunking? Because you're showing that your foot is healing and you're almost ready. But watch the video, and you tell me, he 
There, does people he look are a disputed. little gimpy, or does he come down a little awkward? Look at the floor that he's playing on. Oh, is it a little cushiony? Squishy floor. Squishy floor. People are debating whether or not he's playing on a squishy floor. So I pulled this off. Maybe this is like a rehab basketball floor thing it that I don't know about. Be the other one in the NBA that I pulled off the table. Portland's Yusef Nurkic. Bless you. <laughs> played the Pacers the other night. He well, he didn't play. He's injured. He was on the bench. Walking off the court after the Pacers shellacked the Trailblazers. This is again why I pulled it off as a dumbass. <laughs> Initially, I thought this guy's a jackass, entitled athlete. He grabbed the fan's cell phone and threw it into the stands. Got a $40,000 fine. What and did I the, thought... What did the fan do? The fan basically said nasty, nasty stuff about his mother and his grandmother, basically calling his grandmother, I think, a bitch who she just died from COVID last year. Then by all means, he had every right. That's why I to pulled, chuck the yeah, phone. Yeah, there at is some, no excuse for fans at, to pull that at shit. At some point, the fans have to be held accountable, and this this is a perfect example of that fan should be out down at the field house in Indianapolis permanently. Yep, there's no place for that. All right, I do have a couple other dumbasses though. The Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm sorry. There is no excuse in the world. You could have a contest. Why can't you have a contest? If you want an alternate jersey design. What is wrong with the blue Maple Leaf? That is a classic, iconic sweater logo. I love it. I think it's one of the best in the NHL. And that's fine, and I, I'm with you 100% on that. If But if you're going to do an alternate jersey, you know, that's the, how you sell Nike, Under Armour. They all want to yeah, sell. they want the Adidas, they all want to. Yeah. All right, so you're going to design an alternate jersey. Why not have a contest with the fans? Let the fans come up with an alternate jersey Typically, design. Typically, that's what happens. Not with the Maple Leafs. You know who they let design their alternate jerseys they're using this week? Oh, God. Justin Bieber. Why? Because it's tone deaf and it's stupid. Because, and again, what? listen to the Weekend Edition. Watch Kev go crazy talking about Hollywood celebrities and their entitlement. Again, why don't you pull your fan base in and let them design an alternate jersey? Why do you let this idiot, this overrated idiot get to design the maple leaves alternate jerseys i don't care if he's their number one fan it has misery written all over it well i say this one for you so do you want to talk about your buddy urban meyer oh my god this douchebag should have been fought never should have been hired to begin with never should have made it through the first quarter of the NFL season. This is the guy who was quoted as saying at his hiring that he did extensive study of the NFL, knowing what he's going to get into. When players have him quoted as saying, 
in game prep for the Rams. So who's this 99 guy? I hear he's supposed to give us problems. Talking about Aaron Donald. Not even knowing who he was. Where is your prep on that, Urban? You douchebag. Then you sow discord everywhere. Calling out your players. Telling them that you're going to fire them. And they wouldn't even be able to make $15 an hour flipping burgers. Not You do not intimidate NFL players, douchebag. And then to throw your coaches under the bus for your game decisions? Things you tell them you want done, and when you're questioned, you say, oh, I don't know anything about that. You'll have to ask whatever co- position coach what was going on there. My God, it was even worse. It's come out he was even worse than we initially thought. Dude. A, a true dumbass. Dude. And hopefully he will be out of the booth, out of the coaching he game sh- forever. We should never hear from him again, ever, on any level. And I hope the Jaguars turn it around this year. I don't want to see Trevor Lawrence get wasted, unfortunately, like Justin Fields probably will. Yeah. With Doug Peterson, that team might actually be okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was one of his other comments when Urban – saw Lawrence and I can't remember which receiver who had some issues. Oh, you better work with them. These boys from the South need all the help they can get. Not knowing Lawrence is from the South as well. Finally, my biggest dumbass of the week is Powerade. We've talked about Naomi Osaka and nobody is disparaging or disputing. People have mental health issues, but we're getting tired of seeing Michael Phelps, Simone Biles, Naomi Osaka complain and whine and bitch and piss and moan and cry about how awful their life is, making tens of millions of dollars a year in endorsements, let alone the sports they play in. And now Powerade is is encouraging this behavior as they put forth all through the basketball weekend with March Madness the Simone Biles pause is power campaign. You couldn't get away from it. They were on every hour, almost on the hour. Go to hell, Powerade. People out there working hard every day for $12, $13, $14 an hour. These high-priced athletes, now you're saying, well, I'm, I'm just too stressed. I need to take a break. Yeah, you can take a break because you've already made your millions. It's pathetic. I hate it. I want it to stop. Finally, to wrap up Sports Frenzy 2.0 for this week, again, check out the weekend edition. One moment of silence. We don't like ESPN all that much, but I did like John Clayton. Yeah, he was pretty good. Pretty solid reporter when it came to football for ESPN, did a lot of work for the Seahawks, gone too too soon, late 60s, yep. John Clayton will be missed. For sure. I'm the maestro. I'm the conquistador. We love you kids. Check out the weekend edition. We will see you right here next week.